Hey, we want to welcome you back to the Enduring Churches podcast. I'm Alan, and I'm here with Trent. And Trent, you're not alone. I'm not alone. <laughs> There's a lot of my, times in my life when I have been alone, but I'm not now. And this, my lovely wife Dana, is joining us today. Hey, everybody. Uh, yeah, we want to talk about uh, an issue that she has uh, been through a lot of training and dealt with a lot. And and so today, Dana, we want to talk about compassion fatigue. And so will you kind of get us started and, and explain maybe a little bit more what that is? All right. Well, compassion fatigue is one a term that I had not ever heard until I started my uh, classes for my counseling master's degree. And I had felt compassion fatigue, but didn't know what it was until it was explained to me. And as pastors, as caregivers, we want to help people, but we get overwhelmed with their needs. And when we have that overwhelming feeling, that is our compassion fatigue. And it's it was strange in the beginning to know uh, that you know I I didn't want to help people anymore because I was so overwhelmed, and so understanding compassion fatigue helps. So what? How you said that you knew that you had experienced it. Um, how how did you know uh, when you saw what it was? How did you know you had had experienced that? Well, as a as a pastor's wife, you know I want to be able to help people. But when you get asked for the same thing over and over and over again, or you hear the same stories over and over again, and it's like, I just helped you with this. Hmm. And when you get, get that to that frustrated point, that's when you realize, okay, maybe this is my compassion fatigue setting in and I need to um, step back for a moment and take care of myself and realize what's going on. And then that helps you to work through it. I, th- I think that's a big deal. Um, self-care is is really important. And so Alan and I have talked about this in the past of having, um, taking time for yourself, maybe some retreats some getting away. You have to have s- some time away from all those people that are expecting you to fix them or to fix the situation or, you know, and so that you can get rid of that frustration at least for a little while. Yeah, and yeah, go ahead, Dana. Compassion fatigue, uh, we also call it uh, secondary PTSD, kind of, um, because you're hearing other people's traumatic stories and you start to feel what they feel because we are overly empathic sometimes. We, um, and so that compassion fatigue causes us to to start to put up barriers to say, no, I don't want to help anymore, or I am just exhausted from this. And that's that's a normal part of being a caregiver, um, being a pastoral caregiver especially, is that um, because we hear so many uh, traumatic stories, um, it, it gets overwhelming. And when you try to do it on your own and not in God's strength, that's when it gets especially overwhelming. Yeah, you you had mentioned a, a, a sense of frustration, but I think maybe some other things might be you you tend to withdraw from anything that's emotional. Might be some something else that might be evidence that you've kind of reached a point where where you just can't do any anything else, or 
that you have a little control over your emotions. Would those kind of be other other symptoms of that you've been giving giving a lot out of yourself and you don't have much left for yourself? Absolutely. You know, when you start to get that cynical attitude, um, I, I'm just thinking of examples of, you know, our, ch- our church is right on Highway 81, which goes through town. And so we have lots of people traveling through who st- tend to stop in and ask for help. And we found that the more elaborate their stories, the less likely we were to believe that they really needed help. And it was more like they were scamming us. And so you have to have some wisdom in deciding who God wants you to help. Um, But when you just decide, no, I'm not going to help anybody, then um, that's when you realize that maybe compassion fatigue is affecting you. Yeah. And, you know, when you begin to think that of everyone, that they're all trying to take advantage of you or you're just they're trying to use you that's that should be a clue i guess in our minds that maybe um, i've let this get to me too much and so i think that's a big deal you know in the word we've been talking about compassion but don't forget the word fatigue uh, we're just worn out sometimes and, and if you've let yourself become worn out in ministry um, it's more likely that this area and every other part of your ministry you're going to struggle with and you're not going to be able to love on people, I think, the way that God has intended for us to love on them. Well, and, and sometimes it's just a reality. Sometimes it's a completely unavoidable. I mean, you know, you go into some events knowing that you're just going to be tired on the other side of it. You know, I've coached, uh, I coached runners for a long time. You don't go into a race thinking, "Oh, I'm going to feel so good when I'm done with the race." You know that you're going to be you're you're going to be tired on the other side of that event. And there are certain events or certain times that just happen um, that are more emotional, and we know they're going going to be um, draining. You know, we've had churches that have experienced mass shootings. Um, If you're in that situation, you're going to be fatigued uh, for a while. I'm I'm here in Colorado, and we've had. You know, right before we came to Colorado were the events of Columbine, but we've also had theater shootings. And those things take an emotional toll, not only on those who were directly affected, but those who were indirectly affected by it. And and those those are just times where you recognize that when you go into pastoral ministry that that, yeah, I'm going to be I'm going to be tired on the other side of that. How do I prepare for that? And then what what am I going to do when I know that I've reached my limits in that? Well, I think that as new pastors, I I was shocked that I would feel that fatigue. I was shocked that I would just be numb and not even care anymore. And deep down, I cared, but because I had given and given and given and hadn't taken the time to fill myself back up, or I felt like I didn't have anybody giving back to me, then I was just I was just done. And so just. As, as a new pastor, or even as a pastor who's been in ministry for a while, just take the time to recognize, why am I feeling this way? Why am I overwhelmed? And it's because you've just given and given, and you haven't taken care of yourself. And, you know, right now at the end of COVID, we hope at the end of COVID, but you know, it seems like things are spiking again. Um, you know, we are just, we're exhausted. We want to be able to love and, and help and pray for people. 
but you're like, wow, when is this going to end? And it's our compassion fatigue sets in. Yeah, I think it has a lot of the same symptoms of, as just general depression. And when you um, find yourself not wanting to be out among people, um, when you find that you just have a sense of, I just want to stay in bed and sleep, um, or, you know, that I don't want to deal with anything, that's, I think that comes along with it. And, and Alan mentioned catastrophic events. Anytime there's a catastrophic event, whether it's um, natural or unnatural, you know, there's, there's going to be that, you're going to be serving so much because you typically you have a servant heart like that in ministry. And so it's going to wear you out. Yeah. I think that when you think about the role, I've always told people that my job is physically not very demanding. Emotionally, it's always been very demanding. And some of us are more equipped to deal better with our emotions. Um, I, I'm not as good with my emotions i kind of wear them on my sleeve uh which that means when i'm fatigued it shows that i'm pretty fatigued and when i'm ecstatic it shows that i'm pretty ecstatic so all of those things happen but but some of us really need to recognize and stay on top of that because again it affects it affects our ministry um, when it's showing on us like that now, Dana, you, you had found a quote from Tim Jarvis in here that, that said it's a little different from burnout. You know, burnout might have a lot of the same maybe um, external symptoms, but the, the cause is completely different. Is, is that kind of what we need to understand? Yes, because burnout comes from I'm just tired of doing the same thing over and over again as far as tasks. Um, but compassion fatigue deals with people. And that I've taken on so many emotional burdens from others. You know, as pastors, we, we love that our church family contacts us when they're in crisis. We, we need them to contact us because if they don't, then we can't minister to them. So we, you know, that's, we, and we understand that's part of the job we're going to take on. But when you've, you know, in a week, when you've had five different families contact you in crisis, then you are overwhelmed with that. And that comes, that's what brings on the compassion fatigue. So it's, it's not just the, the task part of it, but it's that emotion that you take on everybody's emotions. And I say to Trent quite often, I am so thankful that our relationship is strong, that our relationship is healthy, because if we had a broken relationship in our own home, it would be totally impossible to help others bear their burdens. And so we consider it a privilege to be able to come alongside people. But with that privilege comes the responsibility of not just taking care of others, but of taking care of ourselves. Yeah, and so I want Dana to kind of talk through some of the um, solutions and, and helps for compassion fatigue. But I want you to think of yourself as a bucket. You only have so much. And as people are, are dipping out of the bucket and they're pulling out as, as you're giving out, uh, you're going to get to a point where there's no longer anything to dip out. And so that you've got to do some things to refill your bucket. And so I want Dana to kind of talk through with us the um, some solutions to how to handle this. Well, first of all, just recognizing that, hey, what I'm feeling is fatigue and is compassion fatigue. That's half the battle. 
just recognizing, oh, this is what's going on. This is why I have anxious and intrusive thoughts. This is why I'm having trouble sleeping. That's what's going on. Just recognizing it, that's that's half of it, I think. Yeah, I think that's a, you know, you can't fix it if, if you don't recognize what the problem is. Uh, so you're right, Dana. I think that's a big part of it. Yeah, and so when I first heard this term, it's like, oh, you know, the light bulb goes off and it's like, oh, that's what's going on. So just recognizing it and recognizing it's, it's part of the pastoral ministry and that you're going to go through this uh, is, you know, just half of it. And then realize that you are not the savior of the world. Jesus already did that. Yeah. You, it's not on your shoulders. You know, Jesus, when he was on earth, he didn't heal everybody. He didn't, he didn't convince the Pharisees to believe in him. Uh, so it's not your job to save everybody. And, and he also took time away, mm -hmm. which Absolutely. is a good example for us as ministers. Sometimes we're really bad at that. Um, you've got to take time away. Jesus knew he needed to be refilled, and so we do as well. Definitely. And so have that daily quiet time with God. That is, that is part of the solution to your fatigue is making sure that you are being fed you're being filled up with the word of God, with quiet time, prayer time, um, Christian music. You know, just fill yourself up with God and ask for his wisdom. And then set some healthy boundaries. You know, we, I, I appreciated when we were in Nashville and Alan's wife, Rochelle, was telling us, it's okay not to answer every phone call. Let it go to voicemail. They'll leave you a message if they need you to call them back. And so set some healthy boundaries of what you can um, minister to and when. Yeah, Dana, you mentioned something because I think this is something that we all struggle with in ministry too, is is the rash of, of requests that come from outside the church body. Yeah, I think I'm a lot more agreeable whenever there's a need within my own church. I want to be there and I want to help. It's those ones that come from the outside and I want to be a good witness and I want to be a good evangelist and I, I want to care for people. But those, those are the, those are the boundaries where I just sometimes don't know where those boundaries are. Right. And I guess over the, the last few years where I've gone is if I've got a bad gut feeling about it, I, I've, I've learned to go with my gut a little more often. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and then praying, God, is this something that you want me to, to minister to, you know, and if you get a firm yes, then go for it. And if it's like, eh, I'm not sure, then, you know, like you said, go go with that. And, and God, God will show you. Yeah, because not only are you not the savior of the world, you're not the only one. You know, we're not uh, like Elijah. I'm the only one here standing up for you. And it's not true. Um, we begin to believe that, but God has other people that can minister, especially in catastrophic catastrophic events, uh, something in your community, like Alan said, uh, there, there are other people that can join in the effort too. Definitely. You know, I mentioned earlier that because we're, our church is right on highway 81, we would have lots of people stopping in. Well, we had to learn very quickly that we needed to refer them to our local, you know, food pantry, uh, Christian helping hands is what it's called in our town. And so just networking with other community resources was very, very helpful. 
Yeah, we we also have have kind of written it in our guidelines too that we can ask for a background check on anyone that we're choosing to help, mm-hmm. and that has eliminated a ton of requests just by mm-hmm. by saying we we will potentially do a background check, and and many people don't want want to run the risk of us doing a background check on them if they're not sincerely in need of help. If they're in need of help, they don't they don't really care, and they'll usually tell me their story. Yeah, you're gonna. I've got an issue. Well, if you can acknowledge you've got an issue, I can work with you. It's when you're lying to us that that that, that yeah. I have the problem, and and that that has actually been a, a a very helpful thing. But I think it is important to set some guidelines and boundaries, not just around yourself, but also around the processes that you use, um, and give and, and recognizing too. There's limits. You know, there are certain traumatic events. Uh, Dana and I know you would appreciate this. Pastors have no business counseling people through them. Uh, we need to be referring some people on to professionals who can help in, in certain situations. Absolutely. I always say everybody needs a good counselor. And because we are not licensed counselors, we're, we're pastoral counselors. We always tell people right up front, you know, we will meet with you two or three times. But then if your circumstances require, we will refer you on to those who are who are trained and fully licensed uh, to be your counselors. Um, and in my, in my counseling master's degree, um, I've, we talked a lot about self-care. And I would say that is one of the best solutions, too, for compassion fatigue. You know, take care of yourself. Reduce your stress load. Make sure you're eating right. You're exercising. You're sleeping enough. Um, you know, just take care of yourself. Do something nice for yourself, especially when you've been giving and giving and giving. Yeah, um, Alan and I have talked about this in the past that um, neither one of us were really good at using up our vacation time. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, for many years of my ministry, I did not use all my vacation time. And I cheated not only myself, but my family out of some of that recoup time and because we all needed that. Um, Dana needed that. Our kids needed that as well. Because they they have to um, hear and listen to the stories of people in church as well. Uh, I might add your church needs it as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. they, they, they need you to be uh, better than, than what we are. You know, I think that's another reason, too. It's good to not maybe, it's, it's good to even have some Sundays where you're there, but you're not preaching on occasion, um, just so you can soak in on a Sunday and the church can see, can, can hear another voice as well. And it gives you a chance to recharge and hear some, something that might get something clicking back in you. But I think a lot of those little things that we do, we, we actually don't give ourselves a chance to heal and to get healthy sometimes because we just stay, we, we just stay with the foot on the gas full full wide open all the time and it's it's not a good thing to do jesus was the master of getting away and even sometimes when he got away they would still find him but he did not stop getting away he he mm-hmm. conti- he would continue he would continue to do that and we continue to fight for that for that time and we need to continue to fight for that and that's really that's really good stuff and and dana um you know i'm so grateful that you you bring this one to our attention because i I, I know when you brought this idea to us, I'm, I'm sitting there going, well, I've certainly experienced it. 
<laughs> and I know what that feels like, especially over the last year. Uh, but I'm not sure where to go. And, and I'm really grateful that you helped us kind of, kind of frame this up because I think it is something real that we all go through. Uh, and just even being able to talk about it, I find to be really helpful. Well, and you know, as you all want pastors to endure, and if you just keep giving and giving and never getting anything in return, um, it's exhausting. And so just recognizing that compassion fatigue is a real thing. You are not alone. You're not abnormal. Uh, everybody goes uh -huh. through that. And that's, that's huge. Yeah, and I think this is an area, a, a reason why you need to surround yourself with fellow pastors, too, and having some time together. Um, Alan and I are moving into ministries where we're going to be encouraging that all the time, is gathering of pastors so that they can, um, not only can we be supportive, but they've got a whole band of brothers, as you might say, to to be there for them to just say, hey, I'm struggling, I need some help, or how do you guys deal with this, you know, and, and brainstorm together. It, it is amazing, too, uh, when you talk about the ones who tend to drain you, Dane. You mentioned early that those people who always are asking for the same thing over and over and over and over again and really just drain your battery. But it is amazing how many people um, that they've made, made that their life existence to drain the batteries of others. And, and actually how talking about that with someone else and, you know, when another pastor can look at that person and say, I was just talking to, to pastor so-and-so about your situation. Um, they get a little less likely um, to drain those batteries um, yeah. w when that happens. And I think that's an, an, just another reason to, to be involved that way. It can actually help make them healthier by knowing they have less places to go. Absolutely. Yeah, because you're right, Alan. There are people that they literally make the rounds of churches um, and they they have their spiel and they use it to get what they want. And until they burn out the people there and people get wise to what's going on, then they move to the next one. And so um, it's it's important to be able to communicate about that, not to make people jaded towards somebody, but just to be heads up. If this starts happening, this is why. Well, and it keeps the cynicism out of it because I think that's one of the, the dangers too of compassion fatigue is that you become cynical towards people um, in the, in their time of need. Well, I know people have been through a lot worse than that and look at them, they're still going or, or the, and you get cynical toward people and you get cynical toward their circumstances and, and really recognizing that we're all in this together. We can actually learn to laugh about it and say, yeah, but, but I've also helped this person and I've seen how good that help has been. We can't help them now, but can you help them? And, and all of a sudden, you also have that other dialogue where you actually are finding solutions for people to really help them get healthy. And, and that's because you share, and, and sharing is important. Well, thanks, guys. Yeah, this has been a good conversation. And, and we want, we're going to put Dana's notes up on uh, our website with this. And, and we want you to be aware of this. And Alan and I, and Dana and Rochelle, Rochelle is Alan's wife. Um, we are teams that, that we want to be there for you guys and to help you to talk through this. And uh, maybe your wife has some struggles that she needs somebody that has been there, done that, that can visit with. And so Rochelle and Dana would love to visit with your, with your wife as well. And so Alan, let them know how we, they can be in contact with us. 
Well, first of all, um, you can reach out to us, email um, alan at enduringchurches.consulting, trent at enduringchurches.consulting. Um, we have our website at enduringchurches.com. Uh, and then um, you also can go to our Facebook page, or you can even check us out, go to Podbean and look for the Enduring Churches um, and you can get our whole library of, of podcasts back there and you can go way back to the beginning when Trent and I said absolutely every third word in our podcast <laughs> and, and some of the fun stuff like that that we, we used to do. But we are just grateful to connect with you. And we know um, Trent and I, um, as this one is released, we are just settling into some new roles. Um, but that doesn't mean that we're unavailable. Um, it may take us a little bit longer, so we do want you to, to know that. But we, we care about you, and we are here for you. And I look forward to walking alongside you so you and your church can endure. <laughs>